With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's Tennessee Matters on the Tennessee Radio Network. Welcome to Tennessee Matters. I'm Rebecca Hughes of the Tennessee Radio Network. This holiday weekend, I'm turning the show over to my friend and colleague, Scott Kimbler. Here he is with more. Celebrating means many things to many people of all faiths. But almost universally, observing the holidays means allowing Kris Kringle to come into our lives. For more than a few years now, in North Georgia, literally thousands of children, of course young and old, have come across Derek Dugan affectionately known to many as Santa Derek. Derek has been the Jolly Elf for more than a decade and is a staple at Lake Lanier Islands at both the Legacy Lodge and the Margaritaville Resort. But Derek has also been seen in television commercials for such food chains as Bojangles restaurants and in many print ads as well. In short, Derek is not just the spirit of Christmas during the holidays, but carries the scepter of St. Nicholas year-round. Here in Georgia, and everywhere he goes, he is recognizable as the welcoming Father Christmas and has been welcomed into countless hearts. We visited Santa Derek at his home and learned that a man looking for direction during a time of crisis found solace and his place in the world when he sat for the first time upon the throne of Santa Claus. You've been doing this quite some time. Tell me, how did you get into this line of work to wanting to be pretty much everything to children that would come visit you this time of year? That's a long story. Professionally, I've been doing it for 12 years, but it pretty much started, quite frankly and honestly, after losing my corporate gig after 14 years and picking up contract jobs for the career that I was in. And then I had another... um, incident that happened my little brother passed so with losing the corporate job my little brother passing I pretty much got into kind of a depression funk if you will and I was pretty much aimlessly wandering around from contract job to contract job and my wife actually stopped me one night uh, while I was walking through the house and and she saw me just walking through the house pretty with no direction whatsoever and she asked me what I was going to do and honestly I just asked her or I just told her I said I'm waiting for an answer to a prayer and about 48 hours later I I got a phone call there was someone that was looking for a set director um, for Christmas time it was a seasonal gig and I said well I know photography you know, I know setup. I know how to manage people. No problem. So I went to the interview. 
And the woman who was conducting the interview took one look at me and said, there's no way I can hire you as a set manager. And I was, <laughs> after I had already been through what I had been through and when she denied me the opportunity to review with her, she looked at me and point blankly said, you can't be a set director because you look like Santa Claus and I can't have two Santa Clauses sitting on the set at the same time. So with that, I was, I was pretty much dejected. I pretty much thought, okay, all chances of this are, are, are gone. I'm going to just say thank you very much for the opportunity. And I was about to turn around and walk. And she told me, I would rather you sit here and go through the interview. And I said, well, I don't have anything else to do. So sure, it's great practice. So I went through the interview and, and it was a group interview. I, there were 12 people in this interview and basically the interview surrounded around what was your favorite Christmas memory? What's your favorite Christmas song? Uh, what do you like most about Christmas? How do you spend your Christmas? So forth and so on. And, and I answered all the questions, honestly, and I hearken back to, you know, my, my childhood days of my first remembrance of what Christmas was all about. And, and we finished up the interview and I just looked at her and I said, well, since you think I look like Santa Claus, could you hire me as a Santa Claus? And she said, actually, all of our Santas are hired. We usually ha hire them in January. Um, but you know what? Um, let me take a look and let me get back to you. And I was like, okay, fine. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And I left. And... About three days later, I got a phone call and the voice on the other line said, how would you like to be a Santa Claus in South Carolina? And I was like, so tell me what it's all about. What do I need to do? And she, she kind of prefaced everything and, and kind of laid everything out in bullet points and, and then said, this is, this is what we offer. And I said, well, if you don't mind, let me discuss this with my wife and I'll get back to you. So she said, well, I need a response like within 24 hours. And I said, no problem. So contacted my wife. We, we discussed it over dinner and, and I said, I think this is kind of a, this is kind of a path I should take. And, and she agreed. So I packed up my things. I went to South Carolina bleached my hair, sat in the chair for the very first time as a professional. And that's when it all began. And that was almost 12 years ago. What was the environment there? Um, was it like a mall or uh, some other setting? Yeah, I was placed in Orangeburg, um, Prince Orange Mall in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And the demographics in Orangeburg are pretty much 98% black. It's a very, very strong black community. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of economic depression in that area. So the mall, which originally had 53 stores, there were only about six operating stores there. I was right in the center of the mall. And I would see 
elderly gentlemen and, and women come in and sit in the benches and basically they would stare at me. <laughs> and so I, I felt like, okay, I'm tired of really counting ceiling tiles. So I'm going to get up out of the chair and I'm going to go walk over, introduce myself and sit down with them. And what was really amazing was the conversations I had with these people. A lot of these people never had a visit from Santa Claus at all in all their lives. And some of these people were 70 and 80 years old. They were just enthralled and they would ask me questions. So where do I come from? You know, how did I become Santa? How old am I? The same typical questions that you would get from children. And I just, I found it so entertaining and my whole idea of who Santa Claus is just totally changed. And what I really found out was Santa Claus was someone who was there to be a vehicle for people to tell him things that they probably wouldn't tell anybody else. And I was amazed how honest people were with me and how how open they were about their lives and some of their challenges and and in a lot of cases it was heartbreaking hearing their stories so it was definitely a trans it, it was an opportunity for them but it was a transformation for me because i realized at that point santa was much bigger than who i thought he was and i felt like all the emotion and and all of the selflessness and the intense focus on people and what their needs were versus what their wants were it just it made me develop my own santa character and each year it just gets it gets better and my level of character gets better and much more enriched just through my experiences with people. So as a Santa, or a, then then you yourself continue to evolve, even on a personal level. Oh, absolutely. I, um, it's, um, you know, there, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, there's a lot of us that, that share stories of, well, the first time I put on the suit, this is how I felt, this is what I did, such and such. And the first time I put on the suit, I looked in the mirror, <clears throat> and I actually looked at myself and I went, oh my God, I know right where I'm supposed to be. I, with, without a shadow of a doubt, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And from that first experience in a professional setting, I just realized this really, it's, it has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me whatsoever. It has to do with me as a vehicle so people can interact and people can share. And when I realized that, I learned that my attention was more focused on individuals, whether they be adults or whether they be children. Um, and even to the point of infants, I mean, I was, I was seeing children that were a week old and 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 two weeks old and quite honestly I didn't even realize the honor um, that I had been given to be able to 
I will be with those children for the rest of their lives as long as those photographs continue to exist. And I, I never even thought about that. I, the, the concept wasn't even there. But there are people who have seen me for over the past 12 years and they go, we have your, all of your pictures on our mantle with our son, with our daughter, with our grandchildren, with their children. And, you know, I've built up relationships over that time because my whole idea of Santa is might be different than, than some other people. I mean, everybody has their own character characterization of Santa Claus. I mean, even, even us who portray him, everyone does it their own way. I mean, we can learn about kind of the tactics and, and the motivation of being Santa Claus. But when you sit there and you're dealing with parents of a child who have cancer, who have four weeks to live, and this is their last visit or their last Christmas, or maybe, maybe they make it to Christmas. It's, it's a whole different universe you exist in and self is totally removed from the picture. Everything that happens is what I believe is through heart and soul and spirit. And I started writing about my experiences when I was in South Carolina, South Carolina. And I will tell you, and I'll be totally honest about this when I would sit up at night and write about my experiences, I'm not even sure I was the one writing them. And I even told my wife, I said, I honestly felt that the spirit was with me and guided me through these writings. Cause when I reread what I wrote the night before, I, I was just like, I've never written like this before, never. And, and I continue to write about my experiences, not as much as, as I used to, but um, it was cathartic for me. It, was, it, it helped me get over my, my brother's death. And, but it also paved the way for me to truly understand the capacity that I had in making people happy and, and allowing the spirit to work through me and hopefully touch them and, and brighten their lives a little bit. So, um, so locally you're up at, uh, Lake Lanier Islands, right? Do you appear other places? Tell me about where you appear and how, and how folks can come see you. Sure. I've, um, I've kind of got a residency at uh, legacy lodge and basically I'm there for breakfast on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. And then the week leading up to Christmas, I am there Monday through Christmas Eve. At Margaritaville, I'm there during the evenings on Saturdays and Sundays. And usually those hours are five to tw 10 on Saturday and then five to nine on Sunday evenings. I still see pretty big crowds that come in and I see a lot of repeat customers coming in and every year, the elves and I get together and we design a special coin. And every year there's a different saying on the coin. And every year there's a different snowflake on the back of the coin. And there's a story that goes with the coin. And there's a story that goes with the word that's on the front of the coin. 
And I have children who come back year after year and their pocket full is all is full of the coins that I give them in previous years. And their mothers are going, you do have another coin this year, right? So, so I give them the coin and I go through a whole new story with them. And that's something that they take home with them. And a lot of times I'll find, I'll find the children who are now five and six and seven years old who have my coins who actually tell me the story about the coin and tell me about their, you know, I have children that go, you know, saying last year when it snowed, I went outside and I caught a snowflake and I, and I tried to count the points on the snowflake. Cause you told me all the true snowflakes that fall from heaven have six points. And that's the way you can tell true snowflakes from one from another. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's awesome. You know, that, that's great. And and to be able to relate a story like that and then have a child come back to you a year later and relate that story back to you almost word to word, how you've given it to them. I mean, is to me, you know, when I was in advertising, you collected awards to know that you did a great job, right? All these accolades from all the people that you work with and, and, and the competitors that you go up against. And now it's like children will come back and go, Santa, um, I had a problem with my mom and dad. I couldn't talk to them because they were going to a, through a divorce. I really hope that they get back together. I can't talk to my mom. I can't talk to my dad. I'm really frustrated. And when they sit down and talk to me, they talk to me. And I just sit and listen. I don't give advice. I just sit and listen. And the one particular girl who came and talked to me and told me about these issues she came back the following year and she goes you know what santa claus you gave me the best gift i could ever receive i enjoy my mom now i enjoy my dad i know they're not getting back together again but you just listening to me and letting me tell my story gave me the opportunity of the exchange and what she received from me was two questions do you love your mom and dad and she said absolutely and I said, what do you want out of this? And she goes, I want them to love me back. And I said, well, they do. You just need to tell them how you feel. And she did that. And when she came back, she was standing in line. And I saw her, this was a year later, I saw her standing in line. And I motioned to her to come on over and talk to me. And she goes, you don't remember me, do you? And I go, I absolutely do. How's your mom and dad? How's your relationship? <laughs> That must mean so much to a child to hear that back to them, especially, you know, another season later that you have, have maintained that on a personal level. You know what? It's like I said, I, I see children. I see the same adults over and over again every year. And they come back with their own stories and they tell me what they're doing in school. And I ask them, the, I ask them the question, you know, how's your year been, you know? And they'll go silent for a little bit. And I go, so how's, how's the whole deal on picking up your broom without being asked? You know, we talked about that last year and the parents, you know, I can look over at the parents and the parents, you know, their head goes down and, and I go, so I understand we need a little more work on it. Just this past weekend, I had, um, I had a little girl who was, who was staying at the lodge and she had breakfast with us. So she came in to see Santa. But prior to that, I had gone out into the dining room and I said hello to all the patrons out there. And her mom and dad came in 
and she she came up in front of me and she didn't sit down first but she stood up in front of me and so I asked her I said so how's your year how are you doing and she goes well things have been a little difficult and I was like okay you know can can you share that with me are you comfortable sharing that with me and she goes well not not really and I said okay fine I said well you know we're here for pictures so I hope hope you brought your Christmas smile and she just started breaking a smile then and she came over and she sat down right next to me and she scooted right up next to me and she put her arm around me and she leaned her head in and I said are you, are you okay and she goes yeah I'm all right and I go well I gotta ask so how was school and she goes it's it's not going good and I said, well, what's wrong? And she goes, well, I'm getting zeros on my tests. And I was like, well, why are you getting zeros on your test? And she goes, because I'm sick all the time. And I was like, oh, man. Duh. <laughs> and um, I just had to, it's like right now, I just had to wait. I, I, had, to, I had to let it sink in. And I wasn't going to ask her what's wrong. I was. I just looked down to her and I said, well, can you hold on a minute? And she said, sure. So I got up from my chair and I walked around the set. I reached in my bag and I've got wooden coins and I've got a few gold coins in there. And I was like, I, I just reached in, I grabbed a gold coin. And I walked around and I kneeled down in front of her and I said, can you open your hand? And I put the gold coin in her hand and I said, is it okay if I say a prayer with you? And she said, sure. So we both bowed our heads. We said a prayer. Her parents are sitting, standing right behind us. There's a crowd of people waiting to see me and everything just went silent. There was... There was no noise. There were no peeps. There were no children running around. It was just her and I in that prayer together. And I folded up her hand and I said, I said to her, I said, let the spirit of Christmas heal you and have faith in, in, in your journey forward. And if you continue to believe in the Christmas spirit, live it through your heart the light of your pathway will always shine bright and you can always follow that in not so many words but um when you have an experience like that there's to me there seems to be so much responsibility on your shoulders to be more than what just santa claus is or more than who you are and at that time, and those times, because I've had many of them, at those times, somebody asked me, what is the true meaning of Christmas? And I said, if I could explain to you the experiences I have in less than five minutes, I would be able to tell you, but I can't. But that's what the meaning of Christmas is to me. When you're in that situation and you have... A child that isn't telling you they have a problem because they don't want to share it with anybody because they feel that they're going to be less than that child or who they are. And 
when you reinforce the idea that the person is loved and the individual can still have joy in their hearts and 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 still feel loved and and feel like a whole person i mean she's getting zeros because she's not in school because she's not taking her tests and i i can't imagine what that feels like but i could see how it felt like when she walked up to me and when she sat down with me and i could feel it in her closeness and when you're that open to it i really feel like wow that's what we're really here for you know the gift is, is is not the president of the tree. It's the gift of your heart, your time, and, and your compassion. And that's, that's what I would tell anybody who wants to be in this position, whether male, female, black, white, yellow, I don't care. When you take on this role, I'm not sure anybody is really prepared for what you're going to encounter. Well, it's interesting to see that it is therapeutic for you, you know, being sort of this... You're not anonymous completely, but you're sort of a safe confidant uh, for these children and even for the adults. And, you know, that's nice to see. I have the the good fortune of knowing you year round, you know, you being a, a personal friend of mine. And, um, and Michelle and I just love you having you in our lives. Many people think of Santa and the holidays certainly around this time of year. But you being who you are, you're you're really Santa Claus year-round uh, to people you would just randomly see. Do you do you tend to have an ongoing year-long experience of of interaction with people when they when they come across you? Uh, actually, I think it's a great question, and I think that for other people to know that when you look like I do. It's hard to go to the grocery store and children who are in their carts being pushed around by their moms or their dads or their grandparents when they look at you and they're whispering, go, going, Santa Claus is, is right there looking at the peanut butter. And I just, um, I, <laughs> just like you're doing, I kind of chuckle because I'm like, I don't say anything. You know, I may look at him and I may hold my finger up to my mouth and try to do the shush sound. I'm a more, I think I'm, when I'm in public, I'm more aware of my actions, um, which kind of helps, uh, especially if you're driving in the busy Atlanta roads. Um, <laughs> my temperament has, cal <laughs> has calmed down. Um must be quite the position to rep to represent an eons long tradition. Yeah, it's it, it, it's tough at times, but you know, I, I'll tell you something. Um, and and I know there's other people that would vouch for this as well. I think being this character, this personification of joy and love and 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 forgiveness, I think it's it's become such a extension of who I am. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely changed my life. I mean, the, the whole experience from South Carolina to today has totally changed my life.
You can learn more about Derek Dugan or even invite him to your event at SantaDerek.com. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. That was really great. To gift or not to gift, that is the question, and the answer may shock you. Morgan Ward, Goizetta Assistant Professor of Marketing, says the wrong gift choice can do damage to your relationship with the recipient. While it seems like a first-world problem, Ward explains what prompted her research. And the reason we looked into this initially was because we were thinking about what happens in the context of receiving a gift from an employer. And we had heard, you know, from different employees that they were getting kind of company swag and that they were actually finding that fairly offensive in some ways. Um, Because once you really commit to a job or you've worked really hard, when you are rewarded with something small or sort of thoughtless or doesn't seem significant to the giver, it can actually feel devaluing as the recipient. She says a person's reaction to a gift can be determined by the amount of effort or thoughtfulness made into giving it. Clearly, everyone would rather have a a good, thoughtful gift. But between nothing and a bad gift, we find significant differences that people would rather have no gift at all. And the reason is really what the gift says, which is I didn't spend the time or resources to figure out who you are. And that is devaluing as um, in, in most kinds of relationships. Finally, she says good gifts do not have to be expensive. It's often something that you put some sort of resource in. Money is just one resource. Also, if you have done, um, if you've made the effort to figure out what someone wants and then found that thing somewhere, that's another kind of resource. Again, that was Morgan Ward, Rosetta Assistant Professor of Marketing, and we hope that that helps you make the best choices, especially if you're a last-minute shopper. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I encourage you to send me your questions or comments about today's program, or if you have an idea of a topic that you would like to hear about here on the show, you can send me an email. The address is Rebecca Hughes at iHeartMedia.com. That's Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks for tuning in to the show on your favorite local radio station. You can now listen to this show or past shows through the iHeart app or on iHeart.com. Just search for Tennessee Matters under podcasts. I'm Rebecca Hughes with the Tennessee Radio Network, and I'll be here next week on Tennessee Matters. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.